Welcome to the GoTo Podcast. In this episode, Kenneth Harris II shares his journey to becoming an engineer at NASA and why learning to fail is a key cornerstone of the NASA culture. GoTo gathers the brightest minds in the software community to help developers tackle projects today, plan for tomorrow, and create for a better future. Stay up to date with the latest in tech through GoTo's top-rated events held online and in person in cities like Chicago, Amsterdam, London, and Copenhagen, and by subscribing to the GoTo Conference's YouTube channel, where you can find thousands more high-quality dev talks. Learn more at gotopia.tech. My name is Prem. I'm with the GoTo organization, and with me I have Kenneth Harris, the second. Yes, sir. And I must say, I'm honored I'm to share this moment <laughs> with you. Thanks a lot. And it has been on its way for quite yeah, a long time. Quite some time, over a year. Over a year. The first time yeah. we spoke on the phone, yeah. that was before the pandemic. Yeah. Over the pandemic, uh, you know, we got that email and it's like, hey, I'm interested in, you know, you coming to speak. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know this guy, but <laughs> I have a conversation <laughs> with him. And we just, we kicked it off. And we've, we've been in touch for the past year, and it's been a real experience. And I'm thankful to be here now. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no matter where I dive into the description of you, it's just, where do I start? It's just filled up with these words that everybody is dreaming about. NASA, satellites, uh, <laughs> space this and that and mm -hmm. even on that um there is this forbes 30 yeah. under yeah, yeah. 30 yeah. exclusive list yeah. what is that yeah so it's a um it's a list that they do each year they choose uh 30 individuals in different categories my categories was science specifically and they're they're acknowledged for what they're doing in the field um usually some groundbreaking stuff so it's pretty easy to qualify as groundbreaking when, you d when you're working for NASA or working with NASA or DOD and things like that. So Forbes, it was great to be on that list. So I you had a head start by uh, working for NASA? Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. I'd say so. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're all about doing the cutting edge. Like, yeah, some, some missions are repeat, but they're always better, right? And it's always challenging when new technology is out there. But you, yeah. you have to be recognized. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. What are the projects you've been working on? So, um... No, no. How did it start? <laughs> you want, How did you, it start? You want to rewind and start at yes. the beginning? <laughs> so uh, I, I started my first mission when I was 15. And that started as a result of me working at a summer camp, meeting the right people. I applied. I ended up getting this great internship where I had the opportunity to work in a radiation effects lab. So basically, how do our components react when they're um, under these space-like radiations. And at our facility, specifically at NASA uh, Goddard and Greenbelt, we have a facility that almost simulates, uh, well, does it does simulate space radiation. And it's this huge chamber with like this huge door. It looks like something out of a Marvel film, like the Hulk, for example. It looks something like that, like the chamber he got trapped in. <laughs> and so we put our components in there, we test them out, and um, that was my first internship. So uh, a program called MMS, the multi, sorry, the multi-scale magnetospheric mission. Uh, from there, I did um, six other projects, one being uh, the, the Perseverance Mars rover, and the latest one being the Artemis program, which is the follow-up to the Apollo program that put the first man on the moon. Uh, so the Artemis program will put the first woman and the next man on the lunar surface. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. And I may I ask, you are, you, you are how old? <laughs> <laughs> you must be under 30. Yeah, I'm 29. 
yeah. on 29. That's I'll an be, amazing career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to have um, such a, I'm fortunate to have such an amazing career and to keep it going. You know, it's, um, it's challenging working in the space field because again, that cutting edge technology can oftentimes be um, intimidating because some individuals such as myself, when I started out, I had a fear of, of failing. So when it comes to doing these things like that, you just have to kind of get into your mind that I'll probably do this and it'll probably be wrong the first few times, right? But, um, you know, you eventually keep getting at it. You, you have a great team behind you and eventually things work out. I mean, to, to, to not oversimplify it, we're taking materials from Earth, putting it together, putting some fire behind it and launching it into orbit oversimplifying it right but but on a very base level that that's what's happening and and you know it's just it's all about your passion for the field it's all about the team you have behind you and uh the amazing missions that we we're hoping to um to accomplish but probably getting this wrong the first couple of times to me it doesn't sound like an environment where you do too many experiments <laughs> it's so so one of my mentors told me to uh fail early and fail fast Uh, and that's almost a, that's a mantra that I've, I've kept with my with me. Um, one of my first experiences in failure was uh, my mentor, you know, said, hey, we have to design a it was it was a rotor of some sort. We had to design a rotor and um, he, he let me do it. He let me go through the design phase for it. Uh, he let me go and do the schematics for it. I picked up the material and when I got some of the, the material part, he actually said, "Okay, so what do you want to make this rotor out of? And um, he has these uh, sample blocks of material. They're about, you know, yay big on his desk. And one's wood, one's like an aluminum alloy, one's a titanium, uh, one's some other material, I can't remember. But, oh, it's like a, a polyurethane, so it's like a plastic. And so he's like, which one do you want to make it out of? And me, being new to NASA, being new to aerospace, I choose the metal one because it's solid, It's gonna, it's gonna um, be robust against space debris. And um, at this point, I'm thinking like it's comets. It's the obvious choice. Yeah, yes. obvious yes. choice. Yeah. I'm thinking comets and meteorites at this mm -hmm. point are gonna take my satellite out if it's not as robust as possible. And he lets me go through the entire design phase. Like I'm talking to the point where we're about to order this thing. And he comes back to me and says, hey, you know that's too heavy, right? You know that's too heavy to fly. <laughs> and um, So he knew that yeah, all the knew, time. He knew the whole time, but he, yeah. he allowed me to go through like think through the full process and get to the end and actually quote unquote fail um it was an easy failure because you just swap out materials mm -hmm. but it's it's the the concept that he allowed me to study things for myself he allowed me to make these mistakes and thus build that confidence that it's okay to mess up it's okay that you um you know you didn't think of everything at first but this is why you have a team around you to kind of catch your mistakes and learn from them but that was my first that wasn't my first failure in the industry but it's one of my uh, favorite stories to share But is that how you feel in the situation? Like, I failed in a constructive way. Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not no, at all. the opposite. <laughs> It's yeah. the opposite. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, looking back on it now, it's something that I, uh, I talk to him about often and I, I replicate with my mentees. Yes. Uh, not that exact same situation, obviously, but as we're going through these projects, I allow them to think through a number of different scenarios. And if I see they are um, headed down the wrong direction, I will... I will, as a mentor, try to correct them, but at the same time, allow them to figure out the answer on their own. Mm -hmm. And as long as it doesn't impede the mission, as long as it doesn't cause delay or additional cost to the project, it's all right. And, and that, again, allows them to fail, quote unquote, have that, you know, have that feeling that, oh, I didn't, 
I didn't accomplish it the first time because you, you need that feeling as an engineer. You need to understand that it doesn't go right every time. Even, yes. Yes. even if you're someone like Elon Musk who did not get it right at the beginning at all, right? But when you step into the public light, it just seems like the Tesla or a Tesla is perfect. <laughs> but we don't go through everything that was wrong with it at the beginning. So you have to have that feeling so that you can continue as an engineer, in, in my opinion. It sounds like a very healthy structure. Yeah. And I must say, it doesn't really go with the picture I had of NASA. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's how it is. That's yeah. really how it is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really how it is. There's yeah. almost nothing that goes right the first time yeah. um, at NASA or in the aerospace industry in general. Or I, I don't know any industry where it goes right 100% no, the first no. time. Maybe a professional chef that's been cooking for a long time. Maybe they just have the recipe down 100%. Maybe that's one of the only times I can think of something going right the first time. <laughs> Well, but again, in, in that situation, <laughs> there is no single truth, so oh, it's easier true. to say that it went well. Yeah, the, yeah. Mar the margins yeah. are a lot smaller than yes. making a cake than launching something into space, huh? Yeah. Maybe I should have that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever launched anything out into space, something that went wrong um, too late? Um, there's no wood around me, but um, that's metal. But no, <laughs> I, I have not. Um, none of my projects have had... Uh, catastrophic failures of that of mm -hmm. that sort we you obviously have um, anomalies when you're dealing with launches so uh, you can get it into space and and there's been certain situations not my missions where um, satellites don't reach their intended orbit so because they don't reach their intended orbit it either takes longer or you have to use additional um, fuel that you didn't mm -hmm. think you'd have to use to put it into that orbit there's been uh, catastrophic failures where either like a satellite will blow up before it leaves the atmosphere or one of the most famous blunders is is Hubble and its lens so the situation with the lens was upside down backwards whatever it was um, and so no luckily for me I have not experienced that but I think I'd be prepared um, well no I don't think anyone's prepared for that to be honest no, no. <laughs> so on the other end of the spectrum is a one single project that just stands out as yeah. the yeah. project. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, that is the James Webb Space Telescope. It is, it's been delayed so many times, but <laughs> it's intended. With success. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're aiming yeah. for success. It's, I don't want to say it's intended launch date because we're being recorded, but um, it's intended launch date is 2021, uh, pending no further delays, so maybe 2022. Hopefully, I'm... Um, Hopefully we're not watching this in 2025, still waiting for it to go up, right? <laughs> so so I am, I'm, I'm really excited for it. It really seems like it's at the point now where it'll be launched because it was, it was sent down to its launch facility. It's, it was completely stowed and packed into its um, launch vehicle. So it's, it's ready to go. It's, what's today? Yeah, it's, it's about a, a month or so out now. So I'm really excited about that. And sorry, I didn't even explain what that is. So James Webb Space Telescope is the follow-up to the Hubble Space Telescope. And the idea behind the mission, I have to like sit forward for this. The idea behind the mission is to look at first light in the galaxy, right? Like who thinks about yeah. that? So we're, we're trying to look back at light to uh, the Big Bang, essentially. And it's, it's part of its observation is because of this um, phenomenon in the cosmos that we know as cosmological redshift, which is basically how wavelengths become redder and redder the mm. further from the source in yes. the uh, in the universe that it extends and that um, supports the concept that the universe is constantly expanding that supports the concept that 
as of now, we have not even seen a fraction of the amount of stars in the universe. Like when you look at Hubble's, um, you know, uh, deep space field, uh, it's, a, it's just a picture from Hubble. Uh, it's got, you know, hundreds of billions of stars or hundreds of thousands of stars in that little itty, itty bitty picture. Um, but the fun fact about that is that Hubble shoots in a very low infrared, whereas you need a very um, sensitive infrared camera to actually see everything that's out there. So a lot of the stars are hidden as ultraviolet light, which Hubble cannot see, which no one can see per se. Um, so I'm excited about James Webb. But what is the purpose? Is the purpose to confirm a theory that we have or is it to expand? It's to, it's to expand, it's to expand. So, so James Webb is um, not the first telescope or first observatory to have this kind of instrumentation on it. So it's done infrared before, or other instruments have done infrared before. But this one has much more advanced technologies. Again, comparing it to Hubble, it's about 16 times more powerful than Hubble. In addition, it'll be launched into an L2 orbit, which is 1.5 million kilometers away from Earth in a Lagrange 2 orbit that doesn't have the interference um, from either the Earth or the moon mm -hmm. or the sun like the lights from any of those. Um, so because of that, it allows the satellite to be in a, a much uh, more appropriate environment to see things that we haven't seen before. So it is an expansion, but we put it into a different environment and we, we've, we've jacked up the, the power of these instruments <laughs> and it's really, um, it's really an impressive um, piece of hardware. So you're writing history. Um, um, maybe, I'm maybe. Uh, trying to. Hopefully. <laughs> trying to, trying to. So it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a pleasure to have the opportunity to kind of work on the um, satellite and be kind of in that bunny suit environment and actually um, say that, hey, I, I worked on this part of the satellite and now it's in space forever. Like that's, yes. that's, that's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. You have a presentation here at our conference uh, in one and a half hour. Mm -hmm. What can the audience expect? The audience can expect to go on a 14 year journey through my projects at NASA. I'm gonna talk about three main projects that are really near and dear to my heart for several reasons. I'm gonna give some behind the scenes kind of conversations that you wouldn't know just from reading a paper about these um, amazing satellites. I'm going to discuss things like climate change, how the universe is constantly expanding, and ultimately how all this can impact society. And I'm gonna do all that in about 40 minutes. So I'm crunch it down it's about 40 minutes and um and hopefully they'll walk away you know learning learning some stuff about how how we get from point a to point b where you know how do you how do you think about i've got a question about the universe how do scientists come to engineers and say hey i want to like someone just comes to your office one day and says hey it'd be really interesting to study the big bang okay <laughs> so so where do we start yeah, yeah. and so and, and so that that's the relationship scientists have with engineers is i have this great idea i think you can do it utilizing these kind of instruments or these kind of um uh, materials and the engineer will say okay that makes sense for this this and this reason it doesn't make sense for this this and this reason and through that collaboration that's how we put those boxes together again put some fire behind it and get it into space thank you yeah. thanks a lot for joining us yeah no yeah. problem thanks for having yeah. me Thanks for listening to this episode of the GoTo Podcast. Head over to gotopia.tech for lots more content from the brightest minds in software development.